Now Darren Kelly joins me in studio and he has your job spot. Darren, what you got today? I've got seven in total, John, and we're going to start with general maintenance operator required for Anthony Ryan's Galway. 20 hours per week. For further information, call 091-567-0961. Stylus required for a busy salon in Mount Bellew. Immediate start. For more information, contact Kareen at Kareen's Hair Studio on 090-96-79722. Brennan Electrical is a vacancy for a first-year electrical apprentice for work in the Galway area. Contact Bernard Brennan on 087-242-8558. Lady Gregory Hotel Gort require full-time experienced food and beverage supervisor, food and beverage assistants full and part-time and an experienced accounts administrator. Contact Aileen on 091-632-333. Two Barry of Ireland are looking for an accounts assistant, 12-month contract, based in Ballinasloe. Previous accounts experience necessary. Start date ASAP. Please send your CV to moya at ghorconsulting.ie. Tipper drivers wanted for the Rossaville area. Full-time positions, all up-to-date, CPC, SafePass and DigiCard. Good rates for the right candidates. Contact Michael on 087-612-4308. Finally, Logstrobe Ireland Limited Tume are hiring machine shop operators, assembly operators, sub-assembly operators, press brake setter operators, as well as CNC punching machine operators, store operators, injection moulding machine operators and a maintenance fitter. Email your CV to info at logstrobe.ie by the 17th of February, which is this Friday. And if you need any phone numbers or email addresses, please call a reception on 091-77-0077. Search hashtag Galway Jobs on social media or go to goibfm.ie forward slash jobspot. Thanks indeed, Darren. You're making me look bad. I never had seven job spots, so well done to you. Now, though, uh, welcome back into today's programme. We're live with you until 12 midday, and we're looking now at an employment scheme which aims to get more adults with Down syndrome into paid jobs, and it's expanding across the country and indeed in Galway as well. To discuss this further, we are joined now on the line by Aoife Gaffney, the Head of Employment at Down Syndrome Ireland. Aoife, very good morning to you. Good morning. How are you, John? Thanks for having me. Ah, very good. Uh, Aoife, talk to us about this employment scheme. It aims at getting more adults with Down syndrome into paid jobs and it's expanding nationwide and indeed in Galway as well. Absolutely. So our employment programme has actually been running since 2018 and I suppose COVID hugely affected that. But since we've, re- we've resumed to some sort of normality, we've seen a huge increase in inclusion and diversity within companies and lots more employers have been coming on board. So at the moment, we've supported 135 adults with Down syndrome into paid employment in a number of different industries nationwide. And actually just on Monday this week, John, we held an employment open day in the Menlo Park Hotel in Galway. So lots of our members with Down syndrome and their family and some of their service providers around the Galway area attended just to speak about jobs, um, to listen to the stories of other people with Down syndrome that are out of jobs and to meet interested employers as well. It's a great programme and a great initiative as well. So this is part of uh, this job strategy that the charity is aiming to have another 200 employees in paid work by 2025. That's a huge increase. It's a huge increase, but I think, you know, just with the increase in in, um, in interest from employers, I think we can absolutely achieve it. We actually got, we supported 69 people with Down syndrome into employment in la- last year alone. And this January, for the first time ever, we had 45 new employers lined up um, looking to, to uh take on people with Down syndrome into the workplace. So I think it's 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 a big number, but I do think it's achievable because there's just such an interest out there um, for this type of um, programme. 
Talk to us about the charity's work in Galway. I know you've had a number of initiatives here recently. Yeah, so the Galway, we have a Galway, our, our, our charity itself is a nationwide charity, but we've got a branch in Galway as well, which is really, really strong branch. And I suppose each branch within Ireland and particularly in Galway, they would provide uh, services to, to their members with Down syndrome from birth right up to older adulthood. Um, and that, you know, would range from speech and language therapy to social events to um, lots of other things. So I suppose this is a relatively new initiative that they're taking on in Galway. Um, they do run adult education courses that are supported by the local ETBs and the employment program is a new initiative that they've come on board with now and there's a real appetite um, for supporting their members with Down syndrome. I know I was at the Arts Live exhibition there in Goa's West End recently and you can really see the, the involvement and the social interaction and being able to do work and live a normal life. It really means an awful lot to people with this condition. It absolutely does. And, you know, we would see that with um, with adults with Down syndrome now when they're becoming, you know, coming up to school leaving age and, and entering their adult years. They see their siblings and other family members, you know, moving out of home, getting jobs, living their adult lives. And this is what people with Down syndrome want as well. They want to live a normal life. So um, it's great to see initiatives like you just mentioned there. And, and and likewise, in jobs, we see employers, they're not just offering jobs, you know, as a tokenism um, piece. They're actually inviting their colleagues to um, social events, you know, like Christmas parties, and that has a huge impact on the person with Down syndrome and their wider, wider family to see that they're not just, you know, I suppose a colleague, but they're actually a friend as well. So it definitely you can see that people's lives are improving and there's more options available, I think, as well now, which is great. And so much to give and to contribute to society as well. I know when I was down there at the Arts Alive, they were making films, uh, there was different artwork, uh, lots of different initiatives. There was people working in, in the local cinema and in spec savers in town. They, they, they really bring a lot to the table. They do, they do. Um, Specsavers have been a huge support to us and we've got 25 stores nationwide on board. But actually what I've, I've seen a lot myself uh, online, I suppose, particularly is the talents that people bring. So as you said, the likes of acting, photography, like there's photography exhibitions and artist exhibitions nationwide. There's a lot of our branches have come on board um, for those kind of things. And absolutely, people with Down syndrome can bring a lot to, to the table. We've got a, a National Advisory Council in Dublin and it's, it's a, a council of adults with Down syndrome and they make decisions they, they meet every month, they make decisions and they bring them back to us in Down Syndrome Ireland to show us what people with Down Syndrome actually want. So, you know, their voices are being heard, which is amazing too. Absolutely. I know sport is another initiative um, and where, where the charity is linking up as well. Absolutely, yeah. So I suppose a lot of I, I would see it a huge amount in um, in interviews and job interviews that the adults with Down syndrome that are that are interviewing they have so many sporting achievements, much more than you or I. Um, they they you know they they've uh, participated in competitions um, with the Special Olympics and different bits and pieces. And they've gone you know they've gone to different countries. They've participated in competitions and won bronze, silver, gold medals. So there's there's huge uh, ability I think there. And and you know I mentioned it in a previous interview. I think it's the, I think it's the visibility of people with Down syndrome in the community, in jobs, it's really breaking down barriers and changing the perceptions of the actual capabilities of these people. Now, there's a huge target, as we mentioned earlier on, set for 2025. If businesses across Galway want to link in with she and support this, how can they do so? Absolutely. And we'd be delighted to have any business on board. And, you know, just don't just think about the usual hospitality office-based roles. We have pharmaceutical companies, manufacturing companies coming on board. So drop me a line on aoife at downsyndrome.ie. I'd be delighted to chat to you a bit further and see, you know, how your company could fit into our programme. Mm. Very good. Aoife Gaffney, the Head of Employment at Down Syndrome Maryland. Thank you for joining us on Goa Talks. 
Thank you very much. Now, still to come on today's programme, we'll be looking at the documentary on JFK's visit to Galway. They're looking for participants to uh, join in on that. It's marking the 60th anniversary since his trip, indeed, over here to the west of Ireland. And if you want to get in contact with the programme, maybe you want to say happy birthday to someone, maybe you want to leave in another request or you want to add to the discussion on today's programme, you can do so by using our text and WhatsApp number. That's 086-38-33553. That's 086-38-33553. And that's brought to you by Rational Windows and Doors, bringing light and comfort into your home. Rational.ie for more details there. You can also email us at comments at goabayfm.ie and our phone number is 0917700077. Siobhan on reception will gladly take your comments. Join us after this where we look at the JFK documentary. Galway Talks, in association with Tesco. Click and Collect allows you to collect your order whenever suits you. A very good morning to you. Welcome back into today's programme. Now, participants are being sought for a documentary on the visit of JFK to Galway. So it is marking the 60th anniversary since his trip to Galway and they're looking for anyone who can add to discussion and um, we're joined now on the line by Pamela Finn. Pamela, very good morning to you. Thanks for having me on, John. It's great to have an opportunity to talk about this documentary. Absolutely. Now, Pamela, you're a Galway woman. You're based out of Oran Moore. Talk to us about this mm-hmm. documentary that you're producing. Yeah, so it, it'll be 60 years in June 1963 since John F. Kennedy visited Galway. And we wanted to commemorate that and I suppose tell the story of the people that were there on the day, the eyewitnesses, because we don't really have those stories curated, which is hard to imagine, really, when you think about it almost 60 years later. And because it's so time sensitive, we, we want to capture the essence of how it felt on that day to be there, to, to see this icon, um, the 35th president of the United States, like he chose to visit our beautiful city and what that meant to the people and how it resonated with them for many, many years to come. You know, he was held in such high esteem across Ireland, like most homes in Ireland had two photographs on the wall. Are you still with us, Pamela? We seem to have... Um, he was a modern day. You can you hear me? Yeah, we have you. Have to keep going. Yeah, yeah. No, just that he was held in such high esteem, and he still is to this day. It just resonates. So, um, the documentary is called "The Three Miles." So we're going to follow the path, the road that he took on that day from the sports ground in Galway to Salt Hill. And we're looking to speak to people that were there on the day. They don't need to have a unique story. It can be anything just in terms of how they felt, what meant to them to be there to see this icon. So um, it's exciting. So really, this is people on the ground you want that have lined the route. I presume you have more official people already lined up for the documentary. We do. And in fairness, Neil McNeilis has been of such support to us and Galway City Council and the museums. Um, We're really looking for the authentic, real stories, the people that haven't had a chance to tell their story. So, for example, there was one man that cycled in from Kilrikel just to see John F. Kennedy on that day and what that meant to him, how it resonated. And we also have managed to find photographs that have never been in the public domain before. So it's like a treasure trove. We're, We're hearing these stories and talking to people and um, the documentary is going to be housed in the actual John F. Kennedy Museum in Cape Cod. So that's huge news uh, for Galway because we'll be able to put Galway on the map in the JFK Museum in Cape Cod. So we want to speak to people that were there on the day um, and it can be any story we're, we're casting at the moment. And um, yeah, so 
get in touch uh, if if you were there on the day and your story is relevant. Talk to us about Stan Shields' links with us. Oh, yeah, Stan Shields. Okay, so Stan Shields, it was his first day working for the Connacht Tribune newspaper and he was a rookie photographer. And Stan, being the devil that he is, anyone that knows Stan, he retired from the Connacht Tribune. He was he's the, was the photographer for years and years and I worked with Stan in the Connacht Tribune. And he'd always tell us this story about how he jumped into the car with John F. Kennedy. The Secret Service men basically jumped on top of him. John F. Kennedy turned to Stan Shields and said, it's okay. And then he said to his Secret Service man, he's a friend of mine. Like, imagine. (laughs) (laughs) It would only take somebody like Stan Shields to do something like that. So that's one story. And um, Stan actually ended up becoming very close friends with um, JFK's speechwriter, Ted Sorensen. And they... They, they they used to have chats right up until 20 years ago so he forged a great relationship with him and Stan still has stories about that and, and there's so many other stories like John F. Kennedy was with the Mayor Paddy Ryan and they were to just stop and wave outside Paddy Ryan's mother's house but no John F. Kennedy wanted to go in to say hello in person which you know that that I think from I would love to have known him personally but hearing these stories he just seems to have had this unbelievably charismatic energy that we hope we can we can relay that in that documentary but how he made people feel how one person has that impact in Galway and even years years later you know the bonds between Boston and Galway are here today with all the major IT and healthcare companies so it had a huge impact on our city and it's important to tell that story in an emotive documentary and we stay out of the politics we really want to mm. it's, it's storytelling at its heart really to be honest John yeah yeah and will there be anyone speaking in terms of the sports ground and because uh, I know that's where he finishes up there yeah so he actually arrived at the sports ground with 320 of the mercy students dressed in green white and gold capes um so we will have some of those people speaking um we will follow the path yeah absolutely we will um as I said, these documentaries about the people that were there t- to tell that story and then how that would resonate them years later. It's had such an impact on people. We actually were speaking to um, a man that was at the gravesite, three metres from Jackie Kennedy. Uh, he's a Galway man and we can't wait to interview this man. He's an incredible story. Um, wow. So, yeah, I know. It's, you know, the digger, the, the more you dig and you, you you hear these stories, you just, it just gives you goosebumps and it's so, it's, it's an honour to be able to create something like this for Galway and for the Galway people that they have a voice and that it'll be in, in the museum in Cape Cod that'll be viewed by hundreds and thousands of people. Um, so yeah, so we're excited. I'm working with Sean Tracy, a young filmmaker. He young he won Young Filmmaker of the Year last year. So mm. we've young and old. We, we you know it's we're we're merging talents and uh, you know Neil McNeil spoke a few weeks ago about the importance of filmmaking in Galway. So we really want to um I suppose, highlight that fact as well and the support that we need and the support that's there and how we can create these beautiful documentaries and highlight our beautiful city and the story of John F. Kennedy coming to Galway almost 60 years ago. And you see, unfortunately, 60, 60 years ago, there's a lot of people that are no longer around. Yeah. That's why it's so it's so time sensitive. We need, yeah. we need to get these stories. We need to tell these stories. So if you were there, we urge you to get in touch uh, with with our company. Uh, it's, so the email address is jfk at prpam.ie or if you just Google JFK documentary, 
you'll find us online but do get in touch we'd, we'd love it was one of the greatest moments of the swinging 60s like it was just it changed people's lives forever mm. Well, there was 100,000 or so people there lining yeah. the streets of Galway. So you'd imagine there should be some who might have been young at the time who would mm. still be around that they might get in contact with us here on the programme on 086-383-553 with thanks to rational.ie. Uh, but also, I, I assume there was people that, that came from far and wide to Galway because um, he, he obviously didn't go to every single town and village in the country. So a lot of people might have came to Galway from the west to see him as well. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, that's why it's so important that we're on the station like Galway Bay FM, that people are listening to this station in particular, because social media, people that are on social media are of a different demographic. That's why, you know, it's a little bit more difficult to hit the people that we want to hit in terms of getting their story. So please, if you know of anybody, share the story, share it online, uh, you know, and, and, and get in touch. Yeah, absolutely, John. That would be fantastic. I'm going to get my stars and stripes out now. Anyone listening? <laughs> Anyone listening? I'll invite you to the premiere. <laughs> Anyone who might be listening who can help Pamela Finn out here with this documentary on JFK's visit to Galway. Maybe you can say it to someone of, uh, maybe it's a grandmother, maybe it's a, your mother, or maybe it's a sister, a cousin, a nephew, a niece, whoever you can, you can talk to and just see were they in Galway at that time? Did they see JFK? Do they have a story that they can tell? Uh, please do get in contact with us here on the programme. Pamela Finn, uh, the producer of this documentary on JK, thank you for joining us here on Goa Talks. Thank you, John. Thank you so much. That's great stuff. Pamela Finn joining us there. And best of luck uh, to all involved in that documentary. Now, we're going to be turning our attention uh, to comedy next because uh, our next guest has a special show coming on in the Town Hall studio this coming Friday. It's called Gusto and it's by, of course, the uh, comedian Billy McGrath. Billy, I believe you're on the line now. You're very welcome on to the programme. Good morning to you. Good morning, uh, how are you? Thank you. Very good, Billy, very good. Billy, talk to us about your show, Gusto. Gusto, uh, I retired from TV in 2019. I did an MA in screenwriting, and during COVID, I was due to, uh, sorry, before COVID, I was due to perform upstairs in April 2020, a show called Gusto. It was cancelled because of COVID, so I revisited it, and Gusto was really about uh, a 70-year-old uh, male who has uh, gr grown up in the world of entertainment and show business in Ireland, uh, has five children with three different mothers. Uh, I have three teenagers at home, and I also lived a very uh, eventful and uh, successful life in the world of entertainment. And it's basically me. I, I used to do stand-up years ago when there was no stand-up clubs in the early 1980s. And... Uh, and then I got into TV, but I always loved performance. I loved stand-up. I loved the art of stand-up. And so I, it's like a, it's like a, a stand-up memoir. I have loads of slides. Uh, I spent 20, uh, 30 years in the screen industry. So I, I wasn't going to just kind of walk out and tell jokes for an hour. So it's basically a, a stand-up memoir with slides. And it's entertaining. I think it's funny. And uh, it's my first performance of it for, for, uh, like for real. So I'm a little bit daunted by it. But uh, I hope the audience uh, come. And uh, they'll see something that they never saw before. You know, that, that's the main thing I'm trying to do. I'm trying to, to challenge myself. Uh, and I suppose it's wrapped around... The third act is when there's more over 66s in Ireland than under 16s. And now because of science and health, we're all living 20 to 30 years uh, more. 
So I looked at what I wanted to do into my 70s and 80s, and I thought, well, why not go on stage to do, 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 do something I really enjoy? And if an audience comes and enjoys it too, well, then more the better. Mm. You've definitely added a lot of strings to your bows over the years, Billy. I know you've, you've worked with some very well-established people here in Ireland. Uh, the, the list goes on. There's Dylan Moran, Ardell O'Hanlon, the, the Clash, Tommy Tiernan, Johnny Cash, the Pogues, Apri Match, David Byrne. There's a huge array of people, you, you, a varied array, I must say, as well. Uh, but you've really um, d- developed over the, the years as well. I know you got a degree in um, the um, First uh, Class Honours MA in Screenwriting uh, from IADT as well in Nash, the National film school there yes that, that was only in well COVID happened and uh, you know as, as everybody else did it, sometimes it's good to take on a stock of yourself and I used to always love kind of writing I, like I script edited a load of radio shows good comedy I worked with a lot of performers and I saw the opportunity then to apply to uh, to the National Film School so I did that during 2020 20 and 2020 20 and, and 2021 and as i began to write different screenplays and stuff like that i began to look at the show again and i thought there's a few themes and a few ideas in here that won't suit a screenplay but will stu- suit a stage show so that's how it kind of developed which which uh which kind of inspires me as well because I do want to keep busy, but I'm not going to cl- climb the Himalayas. I was a very good soccer player at one stage and I've got the dodgy knees, so I'm not going to pay, pay for Ireland again. But, you know, I'm, I'm sure there's ho- kind of hundreds and thousands of listeners who, who are either reaching their 50s or 60s who are retired. And, and, and it's kind of a calling cry for, you know, for everybody to kind of wake up and, and, and think about the advice the huge opportunities that are there for people uh, in the future as opposed to looking at the past. Mm. And it sounds like this your, sh- your shows would have touched on this as well, but it's something that Irish artists and entertainers seem to do quite well. It's the narrative. It's bringing you along the story and, and, and making it funny along the way. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a hugely important. I mean, I have seen a lot, a lot of shows in my life, and the, the, the ones that really appeal to me are always the ones that you walk walk away with a certain conflict in your head, and uh, there's something deeper underneath. You're still laughing, but there's a takeaway on it. It's like a good, good, good movie, you know. It's like it's like a, a good, good, good book where 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 it hits you the next day, and that's that, that's the kind of kind of kind of a show I'm trying to explore. It's it's not just me walking out asking people where, where they're from and who, who, who you know kind of who you're with and, and all this business no i, I go straight into it mm. and introduce uh, a photograph of my mum and dad when they were kind of t- when they first met at the age of kind of 20 and and then i explore my life now it also explores your life. It's a very personal uh, story you account of Billy and uh, some of the problems in your life. You might just uh, expand on that. <laughs> <laughs> I grew up when I was six or seven. I remember going to primary school, and maybe kind of listeners can even kind of feel a hint. Uh, I grew up with a really bad stammer, a really bad stutter, uh, and it it wasn't until it wasn't until a Christian brother. I, I switched schools after fourth class. I went to an all Irish school, Clash de Wirra, uh, which was the only all Irish school in Dublin at the time. And a brother Wade. I was a very good. I was very good at sports, and Brother Wade used to be the handball coach. And he took me aside one day and said, 
do you have any place that you can go to and just relax and breathe? And I said, yeah, because we lived in Santry. I, I grew up beside the airport and I grew up beside Santry Stadium. And that was a huge, behind Santry Stadium was just a forest, a wood. So he said, go in and talk to a tree. So I do talk about this live on, on how I used to talk to a tree and not stammer. And it was an amazing, it was just really, but I lived inside my head a lot because I didn't really t talk a lot. Mm. So uh, that that kind of inspired, and I kind of lived in, in a way where I used to make up characters and imagine scenes. And I used to write stuff when I was a kid of kind of sketches. And so I, I loved, uh, I loved listening to comedy on BBC Radio 4 when I was a kid. So that, that really, the, the germs and the seeds of what I eventually did comes from that time. But yeah, I had a really bad stammer and a stutter mm. and it held me back in ways, but also uh, it was a great, great experience because you have to battle it. And eventually I did. Yeah. I hope. No fair play to you. And it takes a lot, it takes a lot of courage to talk about it so openly. And it, it, I suppose great inspiration to other people who might be suffering from something similar. Oh yeah, I mean it's it's something that it's really uh, it's really and, and it's something that doesn't affect you in any any other way except for speech. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. and you know the person who's really kind of quiet in the, the corner or at school or at work, you, you, sometimes there might be something else there. I, 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 you know, as opposed to them being kind of shy or otherwise, but. No, no, no. It's uh, you know, it's it's funny. It's only when I just explore the show that I begin to think about it. Yeah, do you know what I mean? You're a multi-talented man as well. I know you're an ex-league of Ireland soccer player with UCD. Uh, talk to us about those days. Hello. Hello. Can you hear me there, Billy? Hello, Billy. Can you hear me? I think Billy, we just seem to have a problem with his line there. Um, what I might do is I might get him up on an ordinary phone and we'll see if we can get him uh, that way from there. We'll get him up on an ordinary phone line and we'll see if we can get him there. Um, just uh, as I was saying to Billy there, he's he's an ex-League uh, of Ireland soccer player with UCD. So he's, he's very multi-talented and some of the people he's worked with here, uh, the list goes on. And uh, he has some Galway connections as well, which we might... Uh, we might touch on as soon as we get him back uh, up on one of our lines here. Uh, but still to come on the programme, we'll be looking at a Galway art exhibition which celebrates the LGBT plus community. Mary McGrath is waiting to come into studio. We'll get to her uh, a little later on. Um, it's a nice uh, little initiative that's happening there. But I think we might just have Billy back up on the line. Billy, can you hear us okay there? I can, yes. Great I stuff. I don't know what happened. No, it's fine, Billy. No hassle, no hassle at all. Billy, I was just saying to you there about uh, your exploits as an ex-League of Ireland soccer player with UCD. Talk to us about those days. <laughs> those days, actually, it's funny. I, I, I remember uh, losing a Collingwood Cup semi-final against UCG in Galway. Uh, wow. No, I, I, was, I, I played for the Dublin Youths when I was a kid, but I went, as I said before, I went to an all-Irish school and there was still the ban in force. It was probably of 1970, and yeah. my, my, parents got, uh, my parents received a letter from the school to say if I continue playing play soccer, I should leave the school and do, do my leaving cert elsewhere. So okay. I didn't leave the school, but I went into UCD then in 1971-72, and I played f f first-team soccer then right up to till I left. Hmm. And you know, was, 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 it, 
Was there an ambition to go across the pond or where was the ambition there? Was it just you were excelling at it? Not, not really. At that stage, you see, you had to leave. Uh, once you finished your courses, you had to leave the club. You know what I mean? It wasn't a good case you could yeah. stay on. No, I didn't really. At that stage, it wasn't really. Actually, funny enough, I got really involved in entertainment. I was a member of the drama, drama stock. I was a very good student actor. And then I became the first ever head of entertainment in UCD, like the entertainment officer. So I had my eye more, 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 more on that world. Yeah. You know, that uh, I wasn't... Well, to that end, I know you managed uh, national PR for the Galway Arts Festival in 91-92. <laughs> yeah, I did. Actually, it's funny. I'm, I'm, I'm still a great friend of Ollie uh, Jennings. And uh, 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 for a lot of time, before I went into RT in 84, maybe during the early 80s, I did a huge amount of PR for MCD and Morris Cassidy. I did the... Oh, uh, they, I worked on PR for Day Donnan and Momoro Connell. And uh, I used to be back and forth with acts down to the Galway Arts Festival. And then uh, Ollie had the opportunity to go full-time at the Stunning. So he called me and said, would you look after the national PPR? And I jumped at the chance. Yeah, it was brilliant. I mean, I'm, I don't think there's been a, a year I've missed the Galway Arts Festival. Yeah. You know, it's, it's been a, a bad, the backbone of my July every year. No, it's been, we're looking forward to it here as well. Billy, uh, you're performing in the Town Hall studio this Friday at half past eight. Tickets are uh, 15 euro, 10 euro concession as well, and they, they can be got on the tht.ie or by phoning 091 569 Are they selling well or how are they going so far? They are, yeah. No, 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 it's fine. I'm, I'm really relaxed. I, I know there's going to be a great crowd. I noticed tickets left, uh, but uh, I, I, and I know that anybody who does go is going to walk walk away entertained and not disappointed. It's going to be a very different show than one they normally see. That's that's all I can promise. And they'll know all about you as well. Like we're, we've covered a wide range of stuff there. Is there anything we're missing out in there, Billy? Not at all. <laughs> not at all. No, no, no. <laughs> Very good. Well, you've gotten high praise, I must say, anyways. I know the Irish Times said extremely funny and most imaginative, and then Hot Press says there are pioneers, and then there's Billy McGrath. You're very kind. (laughs) Have a good morning, everyone. Same to you, Billy. Billy, that's Billy McGrath joining us there. His show, Gusto, comes to the Town Hall studio this Friday at half past eight. Tickets can be got at tht.ie and also by phoning 091 569 777. I know where I'm going to be on Friday night. Galway Talks, in association with Tesco. Find our award-winning Irish ranges in store and online at tesco.ie. A very good morning to you. Welcome back into today's programme. Now, there's a Galway art exhibition taking place which is celebrating the LGBT plus community. I'm joined now by the curator of this exhibition, Mary McGrath. Mary, a very good morning to you. Thanks for having me. Mary, talk to us about this art exhibition that you're holding. It's already underway since last Friday. Yeah, so um, we had a really successful launch on Friday evening. Uh, it's a show called Body Bodies Embodied um, at 126 Gallery, which is at Saint, 15 St. Bridget's Place in Hidden Valley in Galway. Um, and it features, it's a duo show featuring two artists, Dave McGee, who is a, a performance multimedia artist, and Donald Talbot, who is a poet and photographer. So this show features their works, both of them, their work focuses on the queer body, um, but they have very different approaches. So the idea is kind of looking at 
the body as a vessel and kind of holding the opposites of a spectrum of intimate musings. Okay, and what sort of form does this art take? Is it paint? Is it or what? yeah? So it's it's photography, poetry. Um, there's AI, multimedia prints. There is sandpaper, a massive sandpaper kind of tapestry with chalk. Um, there is a video piece, and there was a performance which you can kind of see the remnants of still in the studio. So we had a performance by Day McGee on the night, and they. Uh, it was about 25 minutes and they they talked about the artist as a, a statement and that it's all kind of wrapped up in one one kind of clear but not so clear uh, mm. musings of words. Interpretation, I suppose, yeah. Yeah. Uh, talk to us about uh, the artists themselves. I, I pres- presume a lot of the work is, is their own personal journey being illustrated in abstract and even more direct ways as well. Yeah, so Day's work is very much personal musings of their own life as a queer disabled artist and they have themes based off of religiosity and relics and sacredness but also they have quite harsh work and it's very raw and real so I would say there's some viewer discretion with some of the work it is quite raw and intense whereas Day is a photographer and he brings agency and a lot of beautiful portraits of queer individuals and of himself in in the show. And there's lots of poetry involved that's very intimate as well. Mm. And the other artist? Day, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's fine. And uh, talk to us about your, yourself there, uh, Mary, because I know, um, if I'm right here, you're currently based on Inishmore. No, I was. Oh, yeah. you were. Okay, I was, sorry. Yeah. Uh, my, my information is out of date, uh, so talk to us about that, though. Yeah, so I, um, I'm an artist, but I also work in marketing in Galway, and um, I'm just heavily involved in the arts. I think Galway art scene is very vibrant. Um, I am not from Galway originally, but I have uh, found Galway to be my, my new home, which I'm, I'm just very grateful for. And, yeah, I'm involved with places like the Galway Arts Festival, mm-hmm. Uh, 126 Gallery and a few other places as well. And your own work is primarily with photography and mixed media. It is, yeah. Talk to us about that. Yeah, so I guess maybe that's why I chose these artists as part of the exhibition because photography is something that I, I delve into myself. I've done work with the nuns at Calmer Abbey. I used to live with them a few years back and photograph them um, intimately in, in their setting. So, um, yeah, that's that's part of my own work, but I'm really kind of interested in in looking at the curatorial side these days. It's a beautiful skill, photography. I know myself, I did photojournalism. Just what you can do with a camera manually without even going into Photoshop. It's amazing what you can do. Yeah, yeah. And that's, I think, the more raw and real and kind of sometimes mundane, like the more normal it is actually tends to be the most beautiful work because you're really shining a light on the beauty of everyday life. And talk to us about your journey over to Ireland, if you're comfortable doing so. I know you're, you're originally from California, but I think, was there a man involved? <laughs> uh, yes, there was. Uh, shout out, Rory. Um, but yeah, so I, I moved over. I actually used to work for the University of Notre Dame, which has a heavy presence in Ireland. And then I did my master's at what is now University of Galway. And um, also, yeah, now I work for great organizations such as Galway International Arts Festival and 126 Gallery and uh, do a bit of freelance work as well. So, and then, yeah, met, met a man who's from Inishmore, which is where we we hit out for the bulk of coronavirus and, and the pandemic. 
Has he taught you a couple of fuckle yet? Uh, you, uh, couple, couple of fuckle. <laughs> 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 nothing, nothing that I would be comfortable with just oh. like saying, saying on, on air. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's very good, very good. Um, talk to us though about Galway City itself. There must be something in the water here in Galway because the amount of artists, whether they be actual painting and photography and other mediums but also musicians and the the theatre and, and the arts it's a real hive of activity for it here oh yeah i mean i think that it's a quite a bohemian city i think that mm. there's um quite an international draw as well and that mixture of of different people from different places different cultures coming together as well as the strong kind of folklore and Irish heritage that's here and close by in Connemara that just kind of is the perfect mixture of creativity yeah. and art and the collaboration of ideas and I think being a smaller city as well you get a really good sense of community within the arts here I found it really easy to to move here and feel like I was part of a community mm-hmm. and um, yeah I think that that's something that's very special to Galway and there's always huge links between the Irish diaspora in America and Ireland as well. Is there any of that in your family? You know, McGraw, it looks like it could be Celtic. Yeah, yeah, it comes from, it's it's A-W at the end, but it would have been A-T-H uh, at one point. But yeah, I still have third cousins in Limerick, so. <laughs> okay, and yeah. I have, you're in contact with them, are you? It uh, obviously isn't that far back, is it? Yeah, so my great-grandmother would have emigrated, but I've met them once, they're dairy farmers, so it's great, and, and uh, race uh, greyhounds, so it was great to meet them and feel like I was getting quite an authentic experience when I met my uh, distant relatives. And have they been invited over to California yet? Uh, not yet, but I'm sure that invitation is coming. I know where I'd be choosing over California Limerick, but I won't say on air. <laughs> <laughs> uh, very good, um, Mary. So if people want to get down to this, you just tell us about the, the details of it, location and otherwise. Yeah, so 126 Artist Run Gallery is based in 15 St. Bridget's Place and you can see the exhibition up until the 26th of February and we are open Wednesday to Sunday from 12 to 6 p.m. Very good. And any exciting initiatives or projects uh, in the pipeline for yourself this year? Um, Mostly just 126, really. We have a full year of programming, um, basically an exhibition a month called Alchemical Vessels. So you have a lot to look forward to from 126 Gallery and uh, it's a really great initiative, artist-run, volunteer-led. So uh, yeah, if you can get down and see it, uh, there's a lot of hard work behind the scenes. Well, we wish you the very best of luck for it. Of course, it is um, being run there in that uh, not-for-profit voluntary space as well. So it's nice that it's been given that leg up as well. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Um, And we are really appreciative of of all the support we've gotten from the local community and, and Galway Bay FM and RTE and everywhere. Great, no, great, best of luck with it. As we mentioned there, it's running there until Sunday, the 26th of February. It's been run there in the 126th Artist Run Gallery located there in St. Bridges Place in Galway City. Mary McGrath, artist and also the curator of this exhibition, thanks indeed for uh, joining us on the programme. Thanks for having me. Where at all did that morning go? Well, uh, if you want to get in contact with the programme and uh, get some comments in for tomorrow, you can do on 086 38 33 That's brought to you by Rational Windows bringing together daylight, beauty and warmth to truly amplify your happy home. Coming up after the headlines there at 12 o'clock, there'll be Ronan Lardner uh, with the live wire and a little later on, I believe it's Mark Roberts that's in with On The Move. Later on this evening, Ace with Gary McMahon as well. So all that, plus lots, lots more coming up here on your local station, Galway Bay FM. A reminder, Friday week, we're going to be in Bohermore, bringing our Community Matters programme, as I mentioned there, we'll be giving you the details of our location where we'll be broadcasting 
from in the community of Bohermore. And we have plenty of characters lined up there. We're just trying to shore up the last one or two. But we have a great programme in store for you there. Yes, and that's the end of today's programme. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we'll be looking at a landmark moment. EU Parliament votes to end sale of petrol and diesel cars by 2035. Job Expo Galway returns to the Galmont for 2023. Government can't in one breath tell us how well the economy is performing and then another tell us that there isn't funds there to support people and regrettable that bills were not paid. That's coming from Sinn Féin. Also, we'll have our Connacht Tribune headlines with Dave O'Connell and also the gardening slot with Anne McCure and much, much more. That's all from Galway Talks from this morning. I've been John Morley, and we might be in with you again tomorrow. We'll just have to wait and see. But from all of us here in Galway BFM, from myself, thanks to Darren Kelly, who produced, and Siobhan on reception as well. From all of us here, a very good morning. <laughs>